The Tuesday Club with Sean, Kyle and Shane. It's the Tuesday Club and it's a happy Tuesday Club this week. Why? Because Wales are four from four. And we all know what that means this week. It's Grand Slam week before the boys come on. Get in touch with us on our social media because we've got a hell of a week uh, to look forward to. We want you to send your questions in for next week, which of course will be a Grand Slam episode. Uh, on Instagram, at Tuesday Club Podcast, and on Twitter, at Tuesday Club underscore. I'm Sean Holly, and with me, as usual, I've got Shane Williams and Kyle Reese. Grand Slam week, boys. Wales. Yeah. Bonjour. Ça <laughs> <laughs> <So> va? <that? laughs> I am so excited, boys. I cannot wait. I am going to hold my hand up and I am going to say that I almost jumped on that full football supporter bandwagon last autumn at the start of this Six Nations thinking, what are we doing? But, you know, what a turnaround. They've grown in confidence every week and look where we are now. We're playing France for a Grand Slam like we were in 2008. Uh, no, 2012, sorry, in Cardiff, played France for a Grand Slam. Um, and 2008? Yeah, 2008. And 2008, yeah. Was it 2008 they beat them for the Grand Slam as well, though? Well, somebody on his podcast was actually on the field. Yeah, I know, because... Well, someone on his podcast scored. You, I think it was you, Kyle. <laughs> all yeah, I, more, more about that later. All more I remember is Martin Williams picking that ball up from the ruck uh, and just going through, and there was nobody there to stop him and going under the posts. I can't. You're a youngster, see me. Well, I was I was I half cut at the same time as well. <laughs> but yeah, exciting, boys, yeah, exciting. But it is Grand Slam week. It's on, and more about that later on. Now, uh, we've got a bit of unfinished business that we've got to tidy up here. Big thanks to the events room. Those boys in Newbridge do hold fantastic events. Shane and I do a lot of work there. Kyle goes to the events as well, and they kindly <laughs> sponsored an episode a couple of weeks ago. They put up a Shane signed picture. We're announcing the winner tonight, and the winner for this fantastic question is Johnny Davis. Whee! Johnny Davis, hey. well done to you. And uh, good Johnny luck Boy. and well done, Johnny, with your uh, run to run from home. Uh, sorry, run from work to home. He did it for 18 days in Ada Vlinder Cancer Centre, but it wasn't just that. It was his question right. to Ryan Jones and Shane about training and so on. So well done, Johnny. You've got a signed Shane uh, picture whistling its way to you, courtesy of the events room. And don't forget, our listeners can have a special discount. Uh, if you go to the events room, they have some amazing memorabilia, sports memorabilia and movie memorabilia. Mm. Go along to the eventsroom.com and uh, type in Tuesday Club 10, and that'll give you a 10% discount on all those bits of paraphernalia. So there you go. How's your week been, boys? Well, all right. <laughs> Groundhog Day. <laughs> no, no, it, it's been good. It's been good. You know, it's just to me, it feels like I'm getting back to normal, uh, getting out and about a little bit more. I worked the game on the weekend for ITV. Uh, you know, nice trip to London to watch it and and see the boys do well. And yeah, it's been, we're getting there. We we're getting there slowly, Sean. So were you in were you in Stratford, mate? Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, just so our listeners know, Shane wasn't in Rome, unfortunately. It doesn't sound uh, no. as glamorous, or it's not as glamorous as it sounds. So no. what, what happens is, and I, I go up as well, Kyle, is that you go to uh, the studios in Stratford, which is a it's a difficult place to get to. It's sort of northeast yeah. London, isn't it? It's a hell of a trip, really. Northeast. I can't get the violins out here. <laughs> but you then, and the COVID restrictions, you've got booths. You've got little booths. So I would imagine, Shane, you would have been in one booth, uh, Daniel Waterman yeah. would have been another and who's with you um, 
Nick Mullins, no, who's who's uh, Miles Harrison. Miles, Miles Harrison. Harrison. Good old my, Miles. 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 My favourite. My favourite oh, Miles. He's a lovely fella. Oh, and, and like, so he's, Miles. He's a great uncle. Miles would be miles away. He'd be like four windows away from me, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah, it's it's really bizarre because you go up in the car, they've got this plastic kind of barrier from you and the driver, because I get driven up, of course. Um, and you're not really allowed to speak to him because he's not allowed to get have much contact with you because if he faces you and, and speaks to you, he might spit all over you or something. I don't know. But he didn't speak to me very much unless he... Unless he was a Scarlet fan and didn't like me, I don't know. But, um, <laughs> so that was bizarre. It's like a four and a half hour journey up there as well. It, it takes it's a hell of a trek. You get there, you get ushered into the green room, and there's no one there anyway because you're not allowed to see anyone. Then you get put into the into the commentary booth, um, and yeah, you're just separated from everyone. So the first contact you have is when you put the headphones on, and Miles or Nolly are speaking to you through the headphones. It's it's really bizarre, but on Saturday it worked because obviously Wales done pretty well. It was lots to talk about, and and you can kind of enjoy it then. But usually, it's the most bizarre thing ever. I did the um, uh, the Ireland game, and I literally drove past the Principality Stadium to go all the way up to London to do the game where in which you know was being played in Cardiff. It was just bizarre, really. But <laughs> look, let's. Let's let's hope um, we can get the crowds back in and the, and the commentators. Sad news over the weekend, uh, for, certainly for people of my era. Um, we lost um, uh, the Formula One great commentator Murray Walker. Ninety-seven, he was. Um, Got to mention it because a massive part of my growing up. Probably you were Shane, um, uh, Kyle, a little bit younger, but you would remember. Uh, so we all we all sort of have a little bit of boxing fanatic in us, particularly when the heavyweights come on, but marvellous Marvin Hagler passed away, mm. 66. Yeah. Now, from the era in the 80s where I was I was a, a teenager, so around about 85, 86, you had him, Roberto Duran, Tommy Hearns, and Sugar Ray Leonard in the middleweight division, and it was amazing. They all fought each other, so as a 15, 16-year-old, it mm. was just a, a, an amazing time, and uh, 66. But uh, fond memories of both, Shane, for you particular. Yeah, uh, well, I'm I'm a boxing fan through and through. It's my, you know, one of my favourite sports, really. And um, yeah, you you look back in the day, back in that certain era, you had to be a good boxer, because uh, you, you get found out pretty soon. The the standard of boxing was incredible. You look at Roberto Duran, Sugar Ray Leonard, Marvin Hagler, uh, and of course Tor- Hearns, isn't it? You know the uh, the war. That's one of the best fights yeah. you'll ever see. And last, it's the three rounder. But you watch Marvin Hagler, they hated each other, didn't they? They hated yeah. each other with a passion. And he just kept coming forward and forward, took everything Hearns had given him. He had one of the best chins in the game, didn't he? He was yeah. so hard, so tough. And then put him down in the third. Uh, one of the best fights I've ever have, seen, have seen. And, and an absolute classic. No, I, I haven't I haven't seen well, that, no. Well, even for non-boxing fans, mate, right, when you finish, and now listeners, have a look at it, right? Tom, Tommy Hearns, Tommy the Hitman Hearns, a marvellous Marvin Hagler. I think it was 85 or 86. 85. They hated each other, right? 85, was it? And and as I say, they were so competitive. Have a look at it, right? It was in Vegas, mate, from the ding-dong. It's like Rocky, in it, It is ridiculous. Well, it, it wouldn't have gone 12 rounds, would it? There's no way that would have gone 12 rounds. I've seen nothing like it. He just he just went forward the whole time. I don't think he jabbed once. I don't think he jabbed uh, Hearns once. Hearns was, was <laughs> Hitman Hearns was fast. He was clever. He'd like jab and move. 
Hearns, uh, sorry, Hagler just kept on coming forward, swinging a left, swinging a right, and it was all bloody by about thirty seconds in, wasn't it? It was just <laughs> an absolute war. But you look yeah. at the, you know, you look at the people that Hagler fought over the years. Jesus, you know, was it something like sixty-two wins, fifty-two knockouts? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was a good division. It was probably you know, the yeah. best division that's probably ever ever been in the world of boxing. It was incredible. Yeah. So yeah, very sad, sad, sad loss. Yeah, 66. And Murray Walker, Kyle, I don't know if you, you watch your Formula 1 and that, but he, he was synonymous with Formula 1. A bit like, and I tweeted this week about Peter Alice in golf, you know, and uh, even people like Ted Lowe in snooker, Sid Waddell in darts. You know, you've just got these Bill McLaren. iconic voices. Well, obviously, you know, Bill McLaren we spoke about before. He, they're just synonymous with the sport. And, and uh, Murray Walker was quite unique, wasn't he? I, I have I have got memories of it. I, when I was younger, my dad always used to watch the Formula One on a Sunday. Well, um, you know, dinner was being done or whatever. But it's something that if it's always on, even if you weren't that interested in it then, the older I got, you know, if it was on a Sunday or whatever and it was nothing on, you'd watch a bit of the Formula One. Only to the last few years, I've really got into it. But Muddy Walker, it, it's the same. Like you just said, all those people there, you think of a, the voice of that sport and that was Muddy Walker. And his voice was so... You, you could just listen to him all day because you could see he was he loved the sport so much. And, you know, what a commentator's job's really. They're basically telling the rest of the world what's happening in the sport. But with people like that, he was so um, loved and appreciated and so brilliant at his job because you could just tell the passion he had for the Formula 1, for the racing. So... It's uh, it is sad, but uh, you know it's a fair it's a fair innings on uh, on him as well. Ninety seven, you know. Yeah, it is. It is fair play. Ninety seven. Mm. You say much loved, and um, you know I get I get some goosebumps sometimes because they, you know people like that. For me, I I grew up watching sport. You know, I grew up mm. living it. You know, and I I've said to you both before. I almost get the feeling when I'm working comedy that I was, I I've spent my life rehearsing to be one you know because i just intently listen to all of those guys peter alice on the golf yeah. the cricket richie benno on, on the cricket and before him jim laker you guys perhaps won't remember but they they just i hear him ringing in my in my head and you think of football now uh, john Watson and barry davis for me a match of the day growing up yeah they just ringing in my head all the time so anyway sad sad loss um and and you know it's just the lockdown has when you look, when we do eventually look back over the 18 months or whatever it's going to be, it's, there's been a lot of things that have just unfortunately happened during that time. But hey, there's light under the end of the tunnel, Shane. We had some movement yeah. in Wales. Yeah. yeah. For all our uh, our non-Welsh people listening, we had some movement in Wales. We've got a little ease on restrictions. Allows us to get out and about and see some people at least, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it's, it's, it, for me, it's positive. I know everyone's not going to be happy and. Poor old Mac Drake folk gets a tune in, doesn't he? Because he's got to make these decisions in fairness. But, uh, you know, I've, I've confidence that he's doing it for the, the benefit of Wales. It is hard. I'm as frustrated as anyone else. You know, we've, we've all lost work. We've, um, you know, we've, we, we've all had hard times. But I'm one of these people. I'll just dig in right to the end if I have to. And, and I just make sure my family's safe, mate. So that's been the case. Um, and when, when we're out this, we're out of it. I don't want to rush it. I know it feels like we've been in on it for years. It's been a year, but you know we'll take a year out, won't we, if it means that we're all safe and well. So, um, yeah, hopefully we're going in the right direction now. Let's let's all be sensible, and we'll come out this better on the on the other end. So, um, yeah, I'm a cup half full. John. Goodbye.
Uh, good news for the wedding, Kyle. Really, you know, you know, it's uh, we were talking about this almost last year. Oh, it's a long time away yet. Yeah, but you're talking November. It's it's come, it's crept up, isn't it? But uh, this looks like good news. Yeah, um, I mean, they've started uh, having weddings now of thirty people max. It's just no bars and no function. It's basically a ceremony in a venue. So. It's not what people want, but um, yeah, you know, the way the vaccines are being rolled out, mate, and obviously, like we saw last year, there were no vaccine last year, and, you know, as soon as flu season went away, the numbers dropped massively, so hopefully this year now, with the vaccines, that'll not eradicate it, because I think I've heard a few people say that once it's your, it's your forever, but it will keep it at bay, so life can get somewhat back to normal, but yeah, hopefully um, by the time the uh, the wedding rolls around, which is hurtling towards me like a steam train from back to the future three um the more do you know what the more and more we could go towards it i am actually getting excited but i am actually um getting nervous as well but anyway uh yes still uh still still plenty of time to pull out mate. <laughs> oh, man. i don't i don't think i could pull out now i think uh i don't think i'd be alive if i did anything like that <laughs> But no, yeah, it's go. It's gonna be. The, it's gonna be good. I'm telling everyone and everything, and it's all gonna be good. It's all gonna go ahead. It's all gonna be fine, and it's gonna be a lovely, lovely day. Good, good, good. Right. Well, let's get to it then, um, boys. Uh, we're right in the in the mid, well towards the end of the Six Nations. You know, Wales four from four. You know, Kyle probably called it, but with a little bit of scepticism. You know, Shane and I probably looking at it with. I don't know, dare we say an expert's opinion, thinking mm, off the back of the autumn, but, you know, fair play. Mm. I watched the first first half, first 50 minutes you were commentating on that game of the weekend. It was like a team running. We, we were just playing with so much confidence. It's really poor, yes. Yeah. But, you know, it, this is achievable, isn't it? Yeah, it was, it was like, like 20-odd minutes in. It was a point per second, wasn't it? And there should have been more. Um, you know, uh, Lewis Reese, I mean, unlucky with the forward pass in the end. And you look in the second half, Josh Adams, I'm not sure what he was doing on that try, but uh, but that's, yeah, that's rugby. You know, it was almost too easy, wasn't it, in the first half? And you kind of, you could sense that there was going to be a lull coming in the second half, you know, with with all the change and trying to maybe score every time you get the ball. But uh, look, just clinical in the first first half, just put the game to bed. Italy, yeah, okay, quite poor. I'm fed up of talking about Italy being poor, but you've still got to score the points and score the tries. And, you look at uh, some of the tries Wales scored as well. Um, I think it was Tulu Bifala Tau's try. They went from one touchline to the other and then back to the other side without having really been, been tackled, going through one tackle, I think it was, one breakdown. Now, that shouldn't be happening in international rugby. I can, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not touching, teaching you to suck eggs, but they did it so well. And then Tulu Bifala Tau gets over the, over the try line almost untouched. It was like touch rugby at time. So, yeah, it, job well done. It's always slippery one, Italy away. Uh, they, they're always a side that are dogged. They stick in it to the end. You know, they'll always get a try or two. And I think the second half proved that as well. You know, they, they didn't go away, did they? They were there. Probably the better team in the final quarter of the game. But the job was done. And, uh, you know, you could see Pivac pulling his boys off left, right and centre just to make sure there was no injuries for the game in France, in which I don't think there was, was there? So, um, yeah, it's in like. a good position. France worrying me though. They really do worry me. I think uh, they look well organised. I thought they should have beaten England, but they didn't. So fairness to England, um, uh, their defence does look good. They look they look like uh, a team that were really peed off to have lost that game against England. 
and that might mean that there'll be repercussions on the weekend. But I'm still going to back the boys. They deserve a Grand Slam after after all the negative press they've had over the last 12 months. They've done the job and, and fair play to them. I, I, I agree with you. I think um, I think both France and Scotland suffered from that weekend off because it was um, they missed the, the weekend of their game and then there was a rest weekend. I think they both came in a little bit undercooked this week. And my worry is now yeah. that they battle-hardened for this week and we've had a pretty easy run. But it makes for a humdinger of a game on the weekend. Absolutely delighted. France losing puts a little bit of an edge on it as well. But, Kyle, I want to ask you, mate, how good was Dan Bigger in that game? Mate, I'd, uh, you know me as well. I've always been a fan of Dan Bigger and... A lot of the time, I can't see, you know, everyone, every player, no matter who you are, international level or grassroots level, every player will have form and then they'll drop a little bit of form. But I don't know why they call for, oh, let's change, we need to change 10. And then they started going with Anscombe. He went to Northampton, started playing out of his socks for Northampton. I just feel like he controls the game. He knows what where to put the team in the right positions and the right times. Um, like Shane just said, you know, Italy are the whipping boys. It was it was just like a, a training session. Um, but no, he's always outstanding. He always steps up, mate. And if there's one thing, you know, the Dan Big is going to do is whatever he kicks the ball and it goes up, you know, he's going to reclaim it back for Wales. And nine times out of ten, he does. And defence-wise, you know, it's, you see, your pundits and commentators say this a lot about tens nowadays because every person on that field is a big lad nowadays. Um, but he's not one of the biggest ones, the biggest tens that you'd see, and he forgets that he's a ten. He forgets sometimes, and he's in that defensive line, and he's smashing people. So, I think uh, I think he's had a brilliant game. I think he should be starting for Wales. He is the most experienced ten we have in Wales at the moment, other than Stephen Myler, but obviously he can't play for Wales. Um, <laughs> but uh, but no, I think he's great, mate, and um, I'm I'm forever on the, the damn bigger bandwagon. So um, it's yeah, it, it's it's a difficult position, though, isn't it? Ten, um, because you are in the centre of all the plays. So if you're if Wayne Pivak has gone to Dan in the autumn season, I look Dan, we've got to play a kicking game pretty much every time you get it. I want you to kick it, I want you to play for territory, or put it in the air, regather it. That's all people are seeing. So when when that's done in the game, everyone's like, oh, he's, he's very one-dimensional. That's all he does is kick it. Yeah, but he puts it in the air, he chases 40 yards and he wins the ball back. That's like making a 40-yard break, you know? Yeah. When he kicks it, he usually touches the ground before. And and we were all about, oh, he's a bit one-dimensional. Let's get Sheedy in and doing this. And and it's always the 10 that gets it. Now, we've seen it with Farrell, haven't we, at England? Oh, you know, he's very one-dimensional. He's, he's he, You know, he's lost a bit of form. Well, he's, he's, still got a, he's still got a tactic and he's still got a way in which Eddie Jones wants him to play. He can't single-handedly change that. And I think that's what you get with Dan. But this game, I, I first half, I thought he was superb because I think he only kicked the ball out of hand twice yeah. because he knew, he knew, right, OK, it is Italy. We can get over the, over the game line if we keep hold of the ball and phases. We don't need to turn Italy and kick the ball because we'll get that territory anyway. The discipline is poor. We'll get kicks, we'll put it in the corner, we'll stay in the 22 and we'll come away with points. And everything positive Wales done in that first half was through Dan Bigger. I know we, a lot of people talk, look, Sheedy needs to start because, you know, I, I said as well, it'd be lovely for Sheedy to start be, as a reward for the England game. But Pivak, give him the opportunity again and boy, did he deliver. And uh, 
what you get with Dan Bigger mind and what you need as an outside half is thick skin. Someone who doesn't really care what the press is saying, doesn't really care what Joe Bloggs down the road is saying because he'll answer it and answer his critics by performing well. And I thought that first half performance from, from Dan Bigger was one of his best in a long time. And it wasn't his characteristic kick in, you know, uh, train of play for the territory. I think the first time he put it, put a long kick in, he, he got about six or seven yards away from the Italian touchline and then they competed for the ball. Italy kicked it out. Wales had the line out. They scored a try. I think, I think it was just tactical genius from Dan Bigger. And what, what was great as well, she, she'd he come, come on and score a try as well, because I think he deserved that for, um, for his England performance. And, uh, you know, it was, it's nice to see that we have this kind of quality now, isn't it, in that position? Friend of the show, Lewis Reece Ahmed, showed his uh, clean pair of heels again. Um, serious gas, this boy. Um, but so has Teddy Toma. Now, this guy just lights up the field without look like he's running. Uh, Shane, I'll ask you in a minute. But, mm. Kyle, has France got too much? You know, you know, is this like a different level, do you think, from what you've seen? I don't think it's a different level. Like you said just now, you know that week off they've had, well, more than one week off they've had because of the rescheduled game and then a break week. They've shown against England then, okay, we all know England are not playing the best at the moment. Uh, they're not up to the uh, usual standards. So France are looking, uh, what's the word? Hum- human then, do you know what I mean? Everyone's going, off oh, France now, this is this young team, they've got Sean Edwards, best defence coach in the world and they can be beat and I think we were just chatting out before we came on air um, the last well two, especially two Grand Slams in the war on Gatland era both won on final day against France so is that a little bit of an omen I think the France team are absolutely brilliant I think they've got some incredible players ones who can really really create something out of nothing and it's going to be a really tough game but I think Wales yeah. will will do it because I think we've also got them boys as well now. Look, I seen something on social media when it said, "There's your first team. If you made a second fifteen out of the players who aren't starting, look at that team." And even that team is a brilliant team. So we've got a lot of a lot of strength and depth there now at the minute. Yeah, we need it. Uh, it's funny, isn't it? England get a good win over France. All the pundits talk about is um, looking ahead to the 2023 World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, before we move off this subject, Shane, you, you've obviously been involved in those final Grand Slam weeks. Um, one very special one. Uh, I don't want to give the story away because uh, we, we need to save those for our after dinners. But um, there was one back in 2008 where it was particularly important, not just because of Grand Slam week, but you were due to break a record, wasn't you, as well? Yeah, um, yeah, 08 was a was a big year um, for me personally because I probably played my best rugby that year and Six Nations went particularly well. Again, typically Welsh. 2007, we get knocked out of the World Cup by Fiji and then we're, we're on for a Grand Slam in, in the Millennium <laughs> Stadium. Um, yeah, and for me to score, if I score in that game, I'd be kept, become the all-time top try scorer. So it's, uh, yeah, obviously it was a very, very uh, big year for us, but... You know, a grand, a, a, a successful Six Nations is all about just um, confidence. It's all about confidence. You know, like, like I always say it, and people, I don't know if, if people just think I, I'm saying it for the sake of it, but after if you win that first game in the Six Nations, because it's such a short turn, uh, tournament, if you win that first game in the Six Nations, you're on for a Grand Slam. It's as simple as that. 
you lose you lose that game. You know, you're down in the doldrums until you get another win, and then there's a potential chance of you winning the championship. But you've got some work to do. So, you know, I think Wales have got this uncanny thing of of kind of just giving their all in their first game. If it goes well, then they usually go on and, and win the championship or the Grand Slam. If it doesn't go so well, we're, we're third or fourth. You know, it's it, it's all top two inches for Wales. And, and for us in 08, you know, we, we had a we had a new coach in Warren Gatland where our first game was was England away from home. And again, no one has really given us a hope to go up there and win. I'd never won there before. And Gatland's like, right, when we beat, not when, uh, not if, when we beat England, you know, we, we're going to go on and win the Grand Slam because England are the, probably the favourites of the tournament. And we were like, looking at each other, wow, this guy's either loopy or, you know, <laughs> he knows his stuff. Before you know it, we, we've just beaten England uh, away from home. And uh, and all of a sudden, you can see the, the whole mentality changes. You know, everyone's chest are puffed up in training the following week. Everyone's looking at each other as if to say, well, actually, do you know what? We, we're going to win the Grand Slam. And and that's exactly what's happened this time round. Um you know, I spoke to people like Alan Wynn and, and a few of the other boys after the autumn series, and they were hurting. You know, the fact that they weren't playing well, the fact that a lot of youngsters have been blooded and and they were trying things. But you know, it was it, it must have been a hard camp to be in because everyone was hurting. You know, I spoke to Alan Wynn and a couple of boys after the first game. Like they've only won one game, and you could just see they were different men, completely different men, because the Grand Slam was on. And um, and that's just it. They're just growing in confidence. I actually saw Ali win today in down the Mumbles. I had a meeting down the Mumbles, and he walked past uh, with with the family. And he said, "Look, I said, was a change." He said, "Well, no, not really. You know, we we knew we didn't play well in the autumn, but you know, we we played a lot of youngsters. We tried things that didn't come off, but we went into the Six Nations confident. And he said, as soon as we won that bit, first game, we knew something special was coming. So you know, that's what it's all about. So. No, the boys are flying. The boys are absolutely flying. If they don't win on the weekend, it's because France have beaten them and they're the better yeah. team. The desire to win the Grand Slam is there. You know, I'm not going to say they all think they're going to win the Grand Slam because they're not that cocky, but they believe they're good enough. And uh, you know, they hopefully have kept their best game for last because I, I really, I really think this French team are hurting from the weekend and are going to come back with everything. So, uh, you know, it's it's a big weekend. And I'm I, I back in the boys. Alan Wynn looks confident. You just, yeah, you've yeah. just made me so excited. Like I'm bubbling behind well, underneath. That's part of it. What Shane says, what's part of it. And you think back to the Grand Slams and Championships and the Warren Gatland is that, and I keep saying this, is that core, you know, is that core of experience. You mentioned there, you know, Martin Williams, uh, Ryan Jones, you know, all the, oh, and you think right the way back. But, no, now Alan Wynn, Ken Owens, Talupe Falatau, Tipperick, Dan Biggs, we've mentioned, Jonathan Davis and George North, Liam. You know, there's a core of experience there that they've been in bigger games, as big games, if you know you know what I mean. Yeah. So I think that that settles the youngsters. And Shane, you've been on either end of that. You know that. So yeah, I I, I think Wayne Peavis got a big job this week. I think, you know, we spoke about Warren Gatland there. He was a master, wasn't he, Shane? I, I love the little story, Kelvin, if you know this, that it was a Lions year, and all the boys in the Six Nations squad squads get fitted out for suits and stuff and kit. And um, let's say it was, um, I don't know, let's say Peacocks. Peacocks had come in and um, and measured for suits for, for all, all the Six Nations boys. And Warren Gatland told the boys that, um, I've just, uh, just been told by the guys from Peacocks that, that they've measured up all the squads and 
Wales, are, you boys are in by far the best nick of all the nations. <laughs> I walked out. Now, to Shane, I'll be like, whatever. To Andy Powell and Gav Henson <laughs> and Mike Phillips, it's like, yeah, look at us, boys. Hey, look at us. We, we, we're in it. We're masterstroke, little things like that. But yeah. we, Wayne Pivak's got a, a big, big job this week. So um, have a think about it. We'll um, we'll come back at the end for some predictions. But we're all excited, everybody in Wales. And mm. we're really proud of the boys because they've done a fantastic job. Uh, and you can never write as well she's off. So let's do he's, a bit of he's show. Give, this. He's Go giving on. them a, an extra day off this week as well, Pivak. Wow. Wow. Well, Gats wouldn't have done that's, that. No. But, but you know, that's that's a statement, isn't it? You know, yeah, it's a statement. Yeah. It says, "Look, you've deserved this," and uh, little, little, little things like that as well are just yeah. quite, quite cute, don't they? You know, human things, human <laughs> <Quite> things. <cute. laughs> what, uh, what are you watching, Kyle? It's that time of the week. Uh, we run out of time fast. Are we talking rugby? Here? What you're watching, Kyle boy? Um, I watched uh, a lovely film this week called Enough Said. Um, have you seen The Sopranos? Anyone? You must have seen it advertised or yeah. little clips of it now and again. The, the main oh, guy, yeah, no, Tony Soprano, James Gandolfini, uh, sadly passed away a few years ago. But um, it was a role that was totally different to any role I've seen him play before. Um, it's a film about um, two people who have got two kids going off to college at the same time, both divorced, and they bump into each other at a party. They start having, you know, dating, and then it works out that James Gandolfini's character's ex-wife uh, is being massaged by this new girl that he's dating because she's a masseuse and then he's she's seeing James Gandolfini and she's falling in love with him but when she goes to the massage therapist she's talking about her ex-husband which is James Gandolfini and it's just this weird little triangle but it's really lovely it's really well written uh, they're they're all absolutely brilliant in it um, it's so naturally acted and funny and James Gandolfini is if not one of my f my favorite one of my favorite actors uh, and it's just so sad that he's not around anymore to do anything else because he was brilliant so yeah that's what i watched enough well, said that's that's one to watch i eh? want to watch I'm, I'm glad you stopped yourself there and you didn't go all the way through and tell us the whole plot and the ending as, as i was going well, i was going to i'm reeling it's really affected me that film it's, it's really <laughs> it's no but enough it's really invoked uh, something in me today and i just really felt for his character it's brilliant but anyway carry on you're an actor. You're an actor. You're a thespian, my man. Um, Darling. Shane, you've uh, you've still been on the bike now and again this week. I've been following you. I saw I've been on the bike today, actually. Fair play to me. Um, yeah, yeah. What have you been watching, boy? Uh, yeah, our life, actually. I've gone back to Breaking Bad. Uh, I started watching it in Japan when, when I was home alone there. Uh, I watched the first series, and, I, and I, I don't know, I just fell off it a bit, really. And I, I came home. Uh, la uh, yeah, it was last week, beginning of last week, and Gail had it on, um, and I was like, oh, I forgot about that. I forgot about Breaking Bad. You know, Brian Cranston, what an actor! I I think he's brilliant. I think he's absolutely fantastic. And it's it's Jesse Aaron Paul, is it? Aaron Paul, he's yeah. another underrated actor as well. I think he's brilliant in it. Um, yeah, and we're we're on the last uh, series, to, and we're going to be watching that tonight as well. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, I, I I did I think I said last week I was on uh, Narcos, is it? Uh, yeah. You haven't stuck with it, have you? <laughs> no, I fell off. I fell off. It Too just, many killings. It just very, yeah, very yeah. Bored of the killings in the end. It was just it just very <laughs> similar. And 
I, I just, I just go, I just googled him, and uh, you know, didn't have you to watch the rest of it. Really. No, no, you, you get pretty much who he is now, because it's yeah, in a quiet so, taste. Yeah, fair play. Yeah, breaking, breaking bad. bads. Good fun, good fun. Um, it's like, yeah, and I remember Brian Cranston from from Malcolm in the Middle as well. So good nostalgia oh, there as well. That was but, class, yeah. wasn't it, Malcolm in the Middle? That was class. That was. Class. I used to love That'll that. That'll be my next you... one, I think, after this. Time. Every time I used to come home from college yeah. or school, it'd be on a Sky One, like couple of three or four episodes you'd sit there and just be like mother be calling you Kyle T's ready I'm like a shot man watching back in the middle <laughs> <laughs> well I'd have to put on my list then but I have got Brian Cranston on my list because you uh, mentioned it to me Kyle uh, I've started watching your honour for that I finished Behind Her Eyes worth a watch good acting uh, very different very different sort of um Suspense drama, only six episodes, worth a look, and, and it's left a little bit open ended for a, a, another one. But a, a funny twist, um, not a funny twist, but a, a quirky twist behind her eyes. If you fancy a six ep, but I've got on to your honor now. So I, I had a seven, eight hour trip the Joys are commentating on Friday up to Glasgow and then back early Saturday morning. So I got through quite a, a lot of your honor, uh, and my god, oof, that's a suspense job. That makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable watching it. Sometimes it's that good, and Brian Cranston is brilliant, isn't he? He's amazing. So, um, so yeah, that's yeah. that's what we're watching every can week. Can I add? I, can I add to... one more? Because every week you two seem to do like two or three, and I only do one. I watched Come Into America two as well this weekend. Now I don't know if you've seen the first one. <laughs> it is it's silly. I see that. I it's see that. silly, but it is brilliant. And the, the good great, the good thing is right. He's brought everybody who was in the first one back to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, brilliant. Yeah, but, but, you know, the funny thing as well, the funny thing is, the guys in the barber shop <laughs> same age, younger than they did. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody else has aged about thirty years, and they, and they're in the barber shop, and they're the same age, same makeup. Yeah. They look and, better. And he's like, look "Hey, look, it's it's Kumpa Kinti. Yeah. come here to the barber shop again." <laughs> hey, what? What are you doing? Hey, brilliant. It. He's brilliant. That's my, it. my eldest James said, "I gotta watch it." He watched it. We come back to left for so he, he said, "That's one to watch." But yeah, that's uh, what we're watching. Don't forget to follow us and uh, send us some questions in uh, for next week. We'll have a special guest, and it'll be Grand Slam week. Come on, Wales at Tuesday Club Podcast on Instagram at Tuesday Club underscore on Twitter. Give us a follow. Give us a, a question for any of us. Uh, we'll announce a very special guest for next week. So, just before we sign off, boys. Quick predictions, Kyle. Wales v France, Grand Slam. Wales 19, France 15. Bit close, Shane. 23-17 to Wales. Go I, can't, on. I can't go against them. I can't go against them for the Grand Slam. But the boys are there, they do it. I'm going. I'm going 26-25, Wales. Nail by Wales! Oh my God. Wales! Sorry, everyone. We can't do a watch along because we'll just explode. No. We can't do it. Uh, we're oh, watching no. it in the house. I can't take that. Family. Um, but yeah, that's all we got time for this week on the Tuesday Club. Thanks for joining us. Well done, Johnny Davis. I'm winning Shane's signed photo. We'll have another special giveaway next week. So get your questions in, please. We're a very special Grand Slam prize uh, at the Tuesday Club podcast here. Thanks very much for joining us. Thanks, Shane. Thanks, Kyle. See you next week. Yeah. Ta-da, chaps. Thanks, boys. Wheels. <laughs>